Coming up on today's DC Tweet Team podcast, I'm joined by the author of Whatever It Takes, Daniel Kelly. Daniel gives us his insight to his time while scouting for the New York Jets, uh, his time involved in the Washington franchise and much, much more. Enjoy the show, guys. Welcome, everybody, to the DC Tweet Team podcast on this bonus episode I am delighted to say I'm joined by the DC Tweet Team founding member, Maurice Hawkins, and Daniel Kelly of the author of Whatever It Takes, uh, a great scouting book. Daniel, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, my friend. Well, thank you, Andy, uh, for having me and Maurice. I'm excited to be on the show today for sure. That's our, it's, our, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. Um, Daniel, just um, to, uh, for those that don't know, obviously, I've, I've had a little look up on yourself this afternoon. I've already ordered the book. You need to give us a brief like, a brief history about what the book's about, how you got involved in it, and a, like, a brief history about yourself and how you got involved in Washington. Uh, a- absolutely. I'd be happy to, Andy. Uh, I grew up a uh, fanatical fan of the uh, of the Washington Redskins. Yes, I'm still saying it. Uh, <laughs> from the time I was uh, eight years old, it was love at first sight. I saw the Redskins against a playoff game. Uh, my parents said on old RCA television in the corner of the living room against the Minnesota Vikings, a Redskins game, and, and I, I fell in love. Uh, I, I grew up a Redskins fanatic from that point forward. Uh, I had a chance to write some letters to uh, Coach Joe Gibbs and, and some of the players. Uh, Dexter Manley invited me to Team Hotel when I was 13 years old. I got a chance to meet him and the entire team. Uh, I had a chance to uh, go to uh, Super Bowl 26, the last one we won. Uh, January 26, 1992 at the Metrodome. My grandma gave me a ticket for my high school graduation present. And uh, I was all Redskins. If I wasn't thinking about the Redskins, I was talking about the Redskins. If I wasn't talking about the Redskins, I was dreaming about the Redskins. Uh, my room was the Redskins shrine. All I ever wanted to do uh, was be on the Redskins. Um, in fact, I started, I, I wasn't any good at playing football, but I started, um, I got a book for my 17th birthday called uh, Tony Rosano's Secrets of an NFL Scout, written by the legendary scouting director of the San Francisco 49ers under uh, Bill Walsh. And uh, it was a book about scouting, and I couldn't put it down. I said, this is what I want to be. I want to be the NFL scout. Uh, my senior year in high school, I wrote a 75-page book, sent it to, to then Redskins general manager, Charlie Casserly. He responded and said, hey, you're still too young. Check back after your first year of college. Barely passed through high school, uh, flunked out of a small community college, found my way into working in an insurance agency uh, when I was about 21. Had a chance to, at that point to intern with Tony Dungy when he was the defensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, that was an incredible six-month experience. Uh, then I went back into the real world. He left for Tampa Bay. I sold Kirby vacuum cleaners door to door, and I found myself at 24 years old sitting at a bank uh, wondering, what am I doing here? Uh, my passion is to be an NFL scout. I got to give my dream one last chance, I thought. Uh, it's better to go for it, you know, much like Joe Gibbs did in Super Bowl 17. Uh, it's better to go for it and, and not get it uh, than and wonder always what, you know, what could have been. So I went ahead um, and uh, went for it. And put together over the next seven months a 350-page self-published uh, NFL draft report. Uh, and I spent uh, $2,300 to get that done, another $1,300 on credit. Sent out those three copies to every team in the NFL, sat back and see what would, would happen. And uh, sure enough, the Jets called. They flew me out to New York and hired me to work in pro scouting, which was an amazing four-year experience. Even got a chance to meet John Riggins at training camp, my all-time hero for the Redskins. So that was, that was very cool. <laughs> wow. Uh, worked out. Yeah, I worked on staff with uh, star-studded staff, arguably the best staff in NFL history for those four years. Uh, worked with the likes of Bill Parcells, Bill Bilicek. We had Romeo Cornell, Eric Mangini, 
um, on staff, um, uh, just to name a few of the coaches. Uh, then also I worked with the legendary Dick Haley, the architect of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers dynasty of the 1970s. And my direct report boss was Scott Pioli, Parcell's son-in-law, uh, who went on to become NFL executive of the decade uh, for his work with the New England Patriots. Uh, I ended up leaving New York uh, after my four years there. I had a chance, to, uh, that was 2002, had a chance to almost become the assistant pro director with the Cardinals in 2006. Came face-to-face -face with Andy Reid and the Philadelphia Eagles in 2012 at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, almost got hired by the Eagles. 2017, the owner of the Cleveland Browns sent me a letter, uh, Jimmy Haslam, asking me for my ideas. I went to become the general manager of the Cleveland Browns. I went for that job in 2017. Of course, didn't get it. And then last uh, September, um, I was sitting there watching some reality TV with my wife, and my phone goes off on a Sunday morning, and I answer it. It says 703-726-7000. I'm like, I know this number. I answer. He says, is this Daniel? I said, it is. He goes, good morning. Bruce Allen, president of the Washington Redskins. How are you doing? Whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was pretty incredible, guys. Uh, it was it was, it was, it was, was awesome. Uh, I, I thought, is this what, my buddy's pranking me? Because everybody knows I love the Redskins, right? So, but, but no, it was it was him. It was Bruce Allen, the uh, Southern legendary Hall of Fame coach, George Allen, of course, for the uh, Skins back in the 70s. And he says, listen, uh, a copy of your book, whatever it takes, somehow came into my hands. And I read it cover to cover last night, and I just had to give you a call. And what I'd like to do is I'd like to fly you out here to Washington. I'd like to sit down with you and get your ideas of what you, th what you think we should do. Um, and uh, I want to fly you out here for the alumni weekend uh, for the big, uh, for the, you know, when all the older players come out there for the alumni. So sure enough, I flew out to Washington, D.C. Uh, for a dream weekend. I got a chance to see all my old heroes back from the 80s. Uh, at a at a Redskins uh, dinner uh, at Ruby's bar Rudy's barbecue rather I'm sorry and then uh, got a chance to uh, sit down and meet with Bruce Allen himself for an hour and a half in his hotel suite at the Gaylord National Convention Center and um, basically the hotel the resort there and uh, you know he said I love I love your passion I love your perseverance I love figuring out where to put you um, you know on on the staff uh, maybe we could do something coaching side. Uh, you know, with the um, with our special teams coach, uh, because I did write a 350 page uh, special teams book in my third season at the Jets, uh, which has been endorsed by Bobby April, revered special teams coach in the NFL. Uh, he says, you know, I, I evaluate every kickoff, kickoff returner, punt, punt returner in the league and developed a revolutionary system, which I believed and communicated to Bruce. I can build the best special teams in the NFL and also feel the best depth in the NFL through the system I created as the Jets. Um, you know, so he said, maybe we can do something with you on the special team side under our special teams coach, or maybe I'll sit you down with Doug Williams and Kyle Smith once the season ends and we'll put you, maybe, you know, we get something going over in scouting. He said, I'll be in contact. And he walked me to his door in his hotel suite and said, one thing I know, Daniel, is true. As someone is with as much passion as you have, great things will happen. And of course, I was all set. My wife and I were all set to come out to Virginia. And then Black Monday came and he got fired and and we find ourselves now in Key West, Florida, which was our, our fallback position. Not not a bad uh, landing at all uh, in our favorite place in the country, but uh, came real close. Um, I've come close to getting with the Redskins about six times in my life, but that was the closest I've ever come. Daniel, you've just made my life sound so boring. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, didn't tell you about all the trials and tribulations? Oh, yeah. Uh, you, you, Mate, you that, is, that is unbelievable. So, Daniel, were you, did, you were self-taught. You taught yourself everything. Obviously, did, like, I'm guessing now scouts are like ex-players. They're, they're people involved in the game. So, from a young age, we're talking 16, 17, you just taught yourself everything. And you were like, I'm going to be a sponge here. I'm going to absorb 
every bit of information I can, and I'm going to put this on paper and see where it gets me. Uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, there was nothing back when I was doing this out there. There, was, uh, there wasn't even the Internet. Uh, so, so I uh, did find uh, that Secret to NFL Scout book by Tony Rosano. I took it all, in, like you said, uh, Andy, like a sponge. And, uh, yeah, I just, I just worked at it and just uh, kept grinding through tape and writing reports. And, and uh, it was a huge confidence booster at 21 when I worked with, had a chance to intern with uh, Tony Dungy uh, because he actually pulled out all of his old scouting reports with the Kansas City Chiefs and compared them against my reports that I sent to Charlie Castley back when I was 17. He said, you know what, this stuff is pretty good. And uh, that was a huge confidence booster for me. But, yeah, I just kept grinding and kept working, kept writing reports and just kept refining, uh, you know, refining the ability to write the reports and, and evaluate. Wow, mate. You're, just to hear that, you're kind of like, I mean, I, I, I put a few tweets out here and there. You know what I mean? That's kind of my philosophy in life. You know what I mean? If you work hard enough and you want something, I mean, I'd love to get involved in media, ideally the NFL, the same with Washington, but obviously being over in the UK, it's not hard, but you don't give up on them dreams. You just, you know, I want to do something. I'm, I'm grateful that Maurice has given me the chance to start like the DC Tweet Team podcast, but you're an example to anyone out there. And literally anyone listening to this, do you know what? If you want to do something, try and do it. You know, you're only on this earth once. Why not try and do the main thing that you want to do in life? And it sounds like you went ahead and done it, my friend. Absolutely, Andy. Thank you. I really appreciate those words. It's true. If you have a dream, if you're listening right now, this is all about, hey, look at me and look at my story. It's it's about exactly what you said, Andy. It's about uh, if you have a dream, if you can see something, uh, go for it. Wave the punter off the field and go for it. Because if I could do it, if I could get hired by arguably the best staff in the history of the National Football League with Parcells and Bilicek and all those guys after playing one year of high school football on left bench, you can do it too. Yeah, I mean, what was it like being around Tony Dungy? That must you must have some great tales to tell there. That just being around that man, I've heard him speak. I've read like a lot of things that he's done, like books and stuff that he's wrote. The, the guy to me is just an inspiration. Absolutely, uh, Coach Dungy. My interactions with him was it was incredible. Uh, I actually walked in. Uh, how big of a Redskins fan was I? I actually walked into my internship at the Minnesota Vikings wearing a Coach Joe Gibbs Washington Redskins jacket. <laughs> 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 and uh, so, but uh, he took it in stride. And, uh, you know, he was he was really good to me. Uh, he, he taught me a lot. He had me do special assignments for him. Uh, the University of Tennessee, I remember doing some plays for him about that. He introduced me to uh, Mark Trespin, his, his college teammate, and uh, the longtime uh, successful coach and coordinator. Uh, he's the only coach. In fact, Trespin's the only coach in the history of football to coach two different MVPs in two different leagues with Rich Gannon with Oakland and, of course, Anthony Cavallo up with the Montreal Alouettes. And so he introduced me to his friend Mark Trespin and uh, taught me a lot about football and taught me a lot of things just about life and faith and all that good stuff and it was an incredible opportunity to you know be in his office and learn from him for sure obviously you mentioned there as well that you've you know you come close to work working for the uh for the redskins or washington whatever the hell you want to call us um are you are you hopeful are you hopeful that still might happen Absolutely. Absolutely. It's funny because, guys, when I wrote my book, it took me 10 years to write my book, despite writing, you know, whatever it takes, despite being able to type 90 words a minute, it took me 10 years to finish. It's the biggest challenge in my entire professional life, writing that book, whatever it takes. I, I basically had to go through 130 revised manuscripts and, and all throughout the 10 years of writing that book, I had this reoccurring thought in my mind, guys, that someday this book is going to get a phone call from Dan Snyder. And um, it was instead Bruce Allen, his right hand man. And so I'm very hopeful 
And I do see myself being the general manager of his team and winning the Super Bowl. Wherever Bruce Allen lands up next, you could get a call. Very possible. We had a great interaction. We resonated with one another. Uh, but he was he was really good to me. Uh, I, I think he's very misunderstood by the media in general uh, because uh, what the media portrays and the man I met with are two different things. Yeah, I mean, Maurice, what, is, what do you think? I'm blown away. That's unbelievable. I, I mean, just to just to get an interview, just to even walk in the building, you know, work for the Jets, work, you know, potentially go and work for our, for our. I can't imagine if I got a phone call from the Washington organization tomorrow. I'd be like, uh, "Yep, see your wife, kids. I'm off. Ta-da. I'm. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm getting on a plane, but that's unbelievable, right? Yeah, I think it's a it's an amazing story that you you're telling Daniel, and I think that's interesting is how you have really intersected with probably some of the greatest coaches in NFL history. I mean, between Parcells, uh, Belichick, and Dungy, that's like nine Super Bowl championships of uh, uh, huh. NFL coaches. So for, just for you to be in the proximity of some NFL greats, you know, uh, it's really extraordinary. Uh, what I wanted to know, Daniel, is that your scouting expertise, what have been some of the changes in the game that you've witnessed and where do you think that leads the NFL as far as uh, players and play design in 2020 for the upcoming season and beyond? Well, some of the biggest change you mean historically over the last 30 years in the NFL or you mean recently? Uh, I would, I mean, you know, I wasn't either or. I would think probably more like the 30 year piece because I think just kind of see what kind of shifts and trends that you've noticed. Yeah, definitely, Maurice. Great question. I, I think one of the biggest trends I, I've seen is, is it's just become a lot more offensively friendly. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as far as, you know, a lot of the, the rules are kind of catered towards the offense, uh, more to an advantage. I mean, the old saying in the NFL is offense sells tickets and defense wins championships. Well, you know, if you stop at the first part of that sentence, offense sells, sells tickets. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that a lot of fans, I think of the advent of fantasy football, a lot of the fans want to see, you know, the offense. They want to see the scoring. They want to see. So I think a lot of the rule changes, that's probably the main thing I've seen. Because the game I grew up with in the 1980s was far more violent. Mm -hmm. uh, the collisions were much more violent. I mean, and everything about it was much more violent than it is. I mean, back in the day, uh, if somebody got knocked out, it was it was an honor. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was something. You know, it was something where I remember Tom Waddle, the receiver for the Chicago Bears. They, John Madden was joking about giving him. You know, he was getting smelling salts on the sideline to bring him back. You know, back to consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, so so it's it's a it's a far less uh, violent game. Uh, it, it's it's uh, the athletes move very fast. They hit very hard, mm -hmm. but it's just different. Uh, I mean, back when I grew up, uh, you know, the likes of uh, Lawrence Taylor and those guys. Uh, Dexter Manley, uh, Chuck Cecil, uh, uh, Andre Waters, the safety, the famed safety uh, from the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Uh, you know the the, the, uh, the you know the, the defenses that Buddy Ryan had. Uh, you know with the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, those those guys would kill you. You know and yeah. and uh, you know so it's a little bit a little bit different in that capacity. Just a lot more offensive friendly to answer your question, Maurice. It's, it's really the biggest change I think I've seen. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. Thank what you. um what role You're do welcome. you? Um, You're welcome, Ruth. What role do you think now that social media plays in scouting? It, does it, in your opinion, does it does it does it hinder it a little bit, or it obviously it opens it up more? But obviously, you said when you first started, you didn't have the internet. So my God, God, how hard you had to work. But <laughs> obviously, now with social media and the internet, what what I'm guessing that can only be a good thing on the scouting network, wouldn't you say? 
Yeah, absolutely. For the scouting network, that's a great question, Andy. Nobody's ever asked me that question, really talking about social media around the world, the shows I've been on. Uh, that's a very interesting point because my scouting mentor is Lionel Vitell, a running back who was originally drafted by the Redskins, played on the replacement team in 87, and took me under his wing with the Jets. Uh, now, he's he was part, uh, Bilicek's most trusted scout for the Patriots' first three Super Bowls, and uh, he is the current uh, college scouting director for the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, he's worked with Ozzie Newsom, was trained by him, and also with Bilicek, Parcells, Tom Dimitrov, and he talks weekly to Jerry and Stephen Jones. And I talked to Lionel several times a week. And so he kind of gives me some insights uh, here and there. It's kind of taught me and, you know, kind of brought me along. Uh, it's kind of like having a, a, a great mentor and, and a teacher, if you will, a professor one-on-one -on -one in scouting because he, he's a revered scout in the league. Uh, drafted Ray Lewis and such uh, with, with the Ravens. But, you know, what, what, what I've learned by talking with him and a couple other people I know in the league is social media and scouting is huge in terms of, like, watching the players. Uh, it's a great networking tool for, for maybe the scouts or aspiring scouts. But for the players, uh, every team just about in the league now has somebody who is digging and looking into every single prospect they're looking to bring in because you can tell in terms of background information, and that's something I learned a lot about working under Bilicek and Parcells, is the importance of background digging and background information uh, because uh, it's not just watching the guy in film. You want to know what he does off the field because as we've seen this last season in Cleveland, I think somebody got cut there for sending out a crazy tweet. Uh, we've seen some other things come along with social media. Uh, the social media, I mean, the players have access to the public like never before in the social media. And and so they, they just scour the social media, the Twitter, the Facebooks. They look at their friends. They look at their posts. They look at their saying gang affiliations. They look and see what exactly these guys have been up to because it's very telling. It's very telling what these pro prospects and these college prospects and these different guys have been up to or what they believe in or what they're all about just by looking at their social media pages. So I think guys, um, you know, Andy and Maurice, I, I think the social media aspect has really increased quite a bit. Uh, it's a big piece of the puzzle, in fact, when it comes to the evaluation prospect, uh, you know, process and, and also in terms of, of who they're going to draft and who they're going to sign in free agency. Yeah, I mean, you've only got to look at, like, reality TV. I mean, I've only, I don't, don't, don't ever go, I'm a bit behind the times here. I've only just started watching Last Chance You on um, Netflix. And obviously, uh -huh. what I've finished the first three seasons, I've just finished. So I had a quick Google to see where some of the players are now. Even half of them are playing in the NFL now. So, uh -huh. even, yeah, even, even shows yeah. like that, you've got people at Philly, you've got, so even just, like, shows like that, do you think that them sort of things are going to... Like, we have a thing over here in the UK where, obviously, scouts used to travel up and down the country watching soccer games. Now, all they've got to do is log on to... They can sit in their front room and, uh, you know, their house, and they've just got to log on to our website. And gone are the days of driving five, six miles to go and watch a game. They can put it on on their sofa and sit there and watch it. Do you think that could be a big difference from, obviously, from when you started as well? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, technology has just furthered everything, and, and it's so much, you know, so much different now. Uh, people have access to, to film and information and players and prospects, and even internationally. I mean, scouting, you know, in the NFL has really gone international a lot more, uh, you know, if you guys have seen with, with uh, looking for players in different countries or guys with a lot of athletic ability. I know personally when I run a team as a general manager of a team, I, I'm very interested to bring in, uh, you know, maybe six sumo wrestlers, uh, on my defensive line and my punt return line, 
Uh, so I'm, I'm looking abroad and I think that, uh, you know, what you alluded to, Andy, I think that uh, people having access at their fingertips on the Internet can only help the problem. Yeah, I mean, it opens up people to be the next you, if you know what I mean, Daniel. Like you obviously, it, 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 <laughs> it becomes a lot easier, doesn't it? Because people are like, well, they, they might they read your book. I'm, I can't wait to read your book. I'm going to read it. But people might think now, do you know what? I can I can get a laptop and start to. Do, I, I'm not saying you're going to get jumping into the NFL straight away, but they can start. They can be like, right, I'm going to watch this player, this, 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 this and this. And I'm going to get all the information I can in the world. And I'm going to do what Daniel did. I'm going to post it to the Redskins, the Eagles, the Giants, the Cowboys. And or not post it, email. So look, so I'm showing my age there. You can um, just email it across to them and be like, do you know what? I, I, I want to do this. I, I think I've got a good eye for a player. So when did you first realize that you had an eye to find like a player when you when you were like growing up? When did you first realize, do you know what? I'm actually really good at this. Probably uh, as a young fan. Uh, I mean, my, my eyes went right to guys like John Riggins, uh, right to Dexter Manley. I've always had an eye for the best players on the team. Gary Clark is another one uh, that I loved growing up. Uh, so I think it started to show up, if I really look back at it, uh, you know, Andy and Maurice, I think it started showing up probably, you know, I was 9, 10, 11 years old. Um, you know, and then I really started to realize it more when I got into scouting. Um, and I, you know, my, when I was 18, my senior year in high school, going back to that 75 page draft report, I put together for Charlie Cassidy, you know, trying to land an internship. Uh, a lot of my players were ranked exactly the way the players actually came off the board on draft day. That, that's when I really started to realize is like, wow, this is, you know, I'm, I got these guys actually ranked correctly. And that's what Tony Dungy uh, reinforced to me when I was 21. And he pulled all of his reports uh, from the Kansas State Chiefs and his days with the Chiefs. He said, you know what? This stuff is pretty good. You're, you're spot on with some of these reports and a lot of them actually, you know, so that even reinforced it even more. Um, and then as I got into the NFL, of course, I, I saw it even, even more so. And to this day, I, I continue to see it. So, but, but yeah, that, that's probably the earliest I started, you know, really realizing it probably when I was 17, 18 years old. Yeah. I mean, what, um, what for you makes a good footballer? What are you looking for? You know, football ability aside, maybe what, what has to stand out for you to even like recommend a player to an organization like Washington? I mean, I'm really interested in things like this, you know, like you mentioned earlier, it's not only what they can do on the field, but obviously off the field plays such a big, big part. They could be the greatest footballer in the world. But could it, like you said earlier, could it just take a few look at their social media posts and you're like, oh, hold on a minute, maybe this guy isn't a good fit or, you know, this guy is, but we need to get him here onto the football field. You know, what what, what, what are you looking for in a football player? Heart. Yep. I'm looking for heart. I'm looking for want. Who wants it? I'm looking for confidence, ultra confidence. I'm looking at uh, the corner the kid the Lions took had that swag and that confidence to him. Uh, you know, I, I'm looking for, uh, you know, guys that football is important to them. That, that's the big thing is, is, is making sure it's important to them because it, when you watch the tape the way I do around the NFL and in college, uh, there's so many guys out there just going through the motions, you know, just, just guys. Parcells called him a JAG, which stands for just another guy. And there's so many guys out there that just really don't bring it play in and play out or they take plays off. Nothing in the world's more frustrating to me than a guy who underachieves. Uh, Jerron Payne is a classic example of that on the Redskins, a guy that has the ability, a guy who had to be ridden when he was Alabama by Nick Saban, a guy that, you know, just kind of shows up once in a while on film, has the ability. Uh, Albert Hainsworth, if we remember him, 
mm-hmm. was another was another guy that showed explosiveness. Uh, I think he had one explosive play the entire time he was in Washington when he was playing against the Detroit Lions, and he and he lifted both of the guards up with with two hands, one in each hand, and lifted them off their feet. And the rest of the time, we never heard from him. Uh, you know, so 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 I I think that those are the main things I'm looking for. Uh, leadership is another big one. Um, you know, and, and, uh, depends on the, and then, then you start getting the more, you know, position specific attributes, but the guy's got to want it. So there's not a bigger turnoff in the world that to me watching tape than a guy who doesn't want it or a guy who's just going through the motions or a guy that takes plays off and just, you know, that, that, that he's got to want it. He's got to have the heart. He's got the passion for it. You know, uh, AKA Dexter Manley, Gary Clark, you know, guys that just, uh, are a full fire and passion yeah i mean what's the um what's always the feedback from like organizations what's the one thing they come to you and always say like where they say that daniel you're getting me this player he he has to do this what's the like if you have to say something stands out from all the organizations that you've worked for what what's the main thing that they come to you and ask for is it a certain position i mean i'm guessing everyone wants the star quarterback or the wide receiver i mean is there anything that or is there a player that stands out to you that you've scouted over the years that's gone on to great things that someone's wanted yeah, it just depends on the position, really. Um, you know, there's a lot of players. When you say, is there a player specifically? I got about a Rolodex of about 4,000 players in my head. <laughs> I got to sort through. <laughs> but uh, it just depends on the position. And, and the interesting thing that I learned, uh, uh, Andy and Maurice, when I was with the Jets, uh, is just the importance of, of finding players that fit that team's particular system. For example, uh, if a team plays a base 34 defense, meaning three down linemen and, and four linebackers, versus a 4-3 defense, which means four down linemen and three linebackers, of course, to our listeners, uh, there's a huge difference even in, like, defensive ends. Now, I know at the Jets we ran a, a 34, and Bilicek, you know, he wanted his defensive ends to be guys, big, you know, tough, strong guys that can hold the point of attack against offensive tackles so the linebackers can scrape it and make the plays. Versus in a 43 defense, you want the defensive ends to be off-field pass rushers. So, for example, if you're playing a, a you know a 34 defense, you would never want to bring a guy in, uh, you know, like a, like a defensive end uh, like Montez Sweat. I guess is going to be converted to, to a defensive end this year. Uh, he he would get killed in a 34. Um, you know, so so in and uh, so it just kind of depends on the system, and that's one of the biggest things I learned during my time in the NFL is being very uh, paying very close attention to the system the team you're scouting for plays because you got to make sure that the guys you're watching on film actually fit that philosophical system, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, do, do you watch games differently than maybe me and Maurice and Daniel? Do you watch it as a scout or do you watch them as a fan? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, both. Uh, you know, I try to watch as a fan when I'm watching live. I mean, I am a fan. That's what I am. I still, my book, Whatever It Takes, is a true story of a fan making yeah. the NFL. And that's what I am, first and foremost, as a fan. When I try to get in the scouting players live and all that, it's too frustrating because I I'm, I pay so much attention to detail. When I watch a three-hour game, for example, if I'm doing an advanced scouting report like I did eight of them for Bruce Allen last year in my, my audition for the job, it can take me up to nine hours to evaluate one three-hour game. Wow. So – yeah, so I mean, I, I, you know, advanced scouting report, you know, like I did last year for, for Bruce, uh, you know, it can be about 50 to 70 pages for each report. Or the, the report itself takes 70 to 90 hours a week to, to do. Um, and so it, it's something where, you know, I, I would drive myself insane if I was trying to scout when I was watching a game live as a fan. 
And then what I'm watching as a scout, and I, I I just watch it as an evaluator. So it's two totally different experiences for me, depending if I'm at the sports bar or if I'm sitting in front of my you know my TV at home watching it. Wow, unbelievable! Honestly, you're like I, I, this podcast could go on for hours if I wanted it to. But um, it's, <laughs> sorry, Maurice, go on, my friend. Oh no, no! I'm just like I'm just sitting here in awe of all the information that Daniel is sharing with us. Um, I guess one of my questions for you, Daniel, is that. When you look at a player that you're scouting, who have been some players you've looked at in your pla- that in your past that you scouted that really imp- impressed you um, during the scouting phase that really blossomed into like a dominant NFL talent over the years? Well, that's 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 a lot of different players. I I, I focus more on the pro scouting side of things mm-hmm. since I've been in the NFL. Uh, so I mean, there there's a there's a lot of players that that stand out in terms of guys who who are star players, mm-hmm. uh, guys that I really watch. I mean, like 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 Devontae Adams, for example, with mm-hmm. the uh, Green Bay Packers. I love him. If I was named general manager of of the Washington Football Team today, I would do everything in my power to trade for him. Same thing with Jarvis Landry. Uh, mm-hmm. The kid up in Minnesota, uh, Hunter, the defensive end up there, he's a stud. Uh, if you want to watch uh, a pass rusher, watch uh, Minnesota's Hunter come off the ball. He's got a full arsenal of pass rushing moves. I haven't seen mm-hmm. a defensive end like Hunter since Dexter Manley. Um, you know, if you want to, you know, so, so it's just different things. Uh, uh, the kid uh, down in Dallas, uh, Jalen Smith, uh, mm-hmm. great range, uh, runs like a safety, can get sideline to sideline extremely fast, that has great range, great instincts, tackling ability. Uh, you know, come after coming off that entry, uh, that's another guy that stands out to me as well. Uh, so it just depends. Every team has got a couple. Um, you know, I, I with the Redskins, uh, you know, with the Washington football team, as we got to keep correcting ourselves. <laughs> uh, but but the uh, uh, Landon Collins, uh, love him, love him down in the box, love him coming off the edge. He's like he knifes off the edge. Uh, he's a guy that that's really good. But uh, yeah, it just kind of depends. Uh, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, it, it's fun watching the guys kind of mature and kind of grow into the roles. And uh, you know, the guys have really blossomed. But uh, that's just a couple few names that kind of jumps out at me. Uh, you know, the, the quarterback down in Houston, too, uh, uh, Watson, uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, Bruce Allen actually emailed me about Deshaun Watson when I was going through writing those reports from last year. And I had a chance to evaluate uh, Watson and kind of look into his past and watch six games on him. He's everything you want in a quarterback. Daniel, I bet you're unbelievable at fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time. I don't have time for it. That's a crazy I must win all these championships in fantasy but, but 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 my fantasy is getting a second chance in the NFL, so I don't have any time to play fantasy football. And and uh, but I get a lot of my friends uh, who win their leagues based on the information. I was literally, I, <laughs> I was, li- was literally going to be my next statement. I was like, Daniel, can you please just pick my fantasy team for me, please? This uh, I, I might just leave it to you by uh, for this season. But um, Maurice, <laughs> you got anything else you want to want to want to chat to Daniel about before we let him go? No, I just want to say thank you to Daniel for just giving us a compelling uh, interview today. Like you've had an extraordinary experience and talk about pulling yourself up by the bootstraps uh, NFL style. So, you know, kudos to you and uh, things you've achieved over the years uh, being an NFL scout. Thank you, Maurice. I, I really appreciate those words to me. Um, yeah, it's been an incredible journey. It's, it's been a journey. It's been it's been a fun ride. Uh, I, I feel truly blessed when I go back and even read my own story or even talk about my own story. It's, it's surreal. It's like talking about somebody else. Uh, 
you know, just to kind of look back at it. So I, I equally enjoy the experience. You guys do a real nice job on this show, and I really appreciate the opportunity uh, to come on your show and uh, to share these stories and that uh, more so for the reason of, of hopefully giving someone some inspiration out there to let them know you don't have to be born with the last name Lombardi or Belichick to have a chance in the NFL. You just have to do it. Just start. You know, where do I start? Well, just turn on the game. Start start setting up reports. I, I wrote an article for uh, Touchdown Europe. It's called Taking the Shot. Uh, Lionel Vitale and I with the Cowboys, you know, we talk about this all the time is the important uh, you know, it, it's it's like Michael Jordan. Uh, you know, uh, you've got to you've got to take the shot. You know, people say, well, what if it doesn't happen, or what if it doesn't work out, or you know, this person doesn't think I can do it, or maybe I can't. But you'll never know unless you take the shot. Just uh, speaking to you for the last forty-five minutes, Daniel, and I've, I've, there's a few people that have uh, inspired me to do that. I, spe- I had Kyle on the podcast yesterday, a good buddy of ours over the Burgundy Zone. I'd done his show probably about two months ago now, and I was like, do you know what? I'm going to get off my butt and do the podcast. Just listening to you for the forty-five minutes that we've had you inspired me to even work harder so what you've done is a, is a is a great thing my friend and um i wish you everything but but all the best for the future and like what what, what whatever holds next to you i hope i'd love to see you at uh, washington but daniel you've been you've been an absolute pleasure to talk to thank you thank you andy i really appreciate the opportunity to uh come on to your show as well like i said with maurice and trust me, when uh, when Dan Snyder names me as the general manager of the Washington football team, you guys will have a front row seat to the press <laughs> conference. I might need a plane. I might, Daniel, I might need a plane ticket as well. <laughs> <laughs> a, 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 hey, absolutely, absolutely. So, and then we can all talk. Yeah, about okay. I'm, last, sat, I'm, right? never, hey, I'm never, I'm never deleting this podcast now ever. It's legally binding. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. I'll ask Mr. Snyder if he can put the bill for the airline ticket to have you come on over and be a, be a uh, Thank you very much, Daniel. Anyway, people listening to this, make sure you uh, go and get Daniel's book, uh, whatever it takes. I literally can't wait for it to uh, to land on my mat. I'm going to read it. Daniel, thanks so much, my friend. And um, we'll definitely have you back on the show soon, buddy. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it, guys. Thanks again and take care. And I'm going to say it anyways. Hail, Hail to, to the Redskins. Redskins. <laughs> it's, good. it's good to say that again, my friend. Hail to the Redskins. Take care, Daniel. Thanks, man. Bye, bye, bye.